0: The
1: payoff. Bret Hart is a heel? Are you kidding me? This is Tom Healy, and as always, I am joined by my co host Jeffrey
0: Ryan. Jeff, how the hell are you doing? Uh, They may not see us, buddy, but uh, you and me in the same room recording this one. It's a rare occasion for us. So this is exciting. Absolutely. Well, and I guess let's just hit everyone with it. This is a
1: first time in the history of the payoff. No guest needed. So we've gotten some requests of some awesome classic matches like the one we're going to cover today, and we wanted to cover them. And so we're going to try something a little bit different. If you like it, let us know. If it sucks, let us know, I guess. I don't know, but we're going to do our best and we're going to have some fun with it. But we are going to talk about the build of this match Jeff and I are sitting here together in the same room. We're going to watch the match together and discuss it. And we got a whole bunch of items to cover. And then we're going to talk about the aftermath to this match and uh, what we thought of it and give our payoff scores. So just like our normal shows, a
0: little bit different. I think it's going to be really fun. We'll see, right? I hope. Uh, you know, I know we've, we have this list of matches that like people have just sent to us. And so, um, you know, trying to find guests for it and the, the right guest, we want to make sure we have it. And so um, we figure, hey, you know what? We're going to be together for our, our shoot jobs. Let's sit and talk about it anyways. Well, and the big thing is it's WrestleMania season, and I feel like we need to cover a
1: heck of a lot of WrestleMania matches between now and then. I, I don't know if yep. you're like me, but every year around WrestleMania, I basically do the same thing, which is I start watching some of the old ones. I start going down, like, you know, the rabbit hole of former WrestleMania classics and typically watch the same ones over and over again. Try to watch some new stuff. Sometimes when I'm working from home, I'll just click a WrestleMania and play the whole thing. So I love WrestleMania season. It's kind of once we get through the Royal Rumble, I try to watch as much of this stuff as I can. And it's always fun to watch some of the same classics and discover some new ones. But now this year, we actually have a podcast, which is pretty awesome. So we're going to do some deep dives in some WrestleMania classics. And I guess this is probably one of the best ones to start with. So this can be pretty exciting. And as always, make sure to hit us up Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at payoff pod on Twitter. It's at payoff Tom. And for Jeff, it's at payoff Jeff. We're on there. Hit us up, engage with us, talk about us, give us five stars, ask us questions, tell us we suck correct our mistakes whatever you want to do we love it keep it up it's great and uh just a quick reminder as always we're not here to talk about the current product we're going to give you some fresh interesting information on these matches and we're going to try to have a really good time while we do it and make your uh time at the gym or drive to work or sitting at the office a little more enjoyable so thanks as always for supporting the payoff and for bringing us into wherever it is that you're listening to the show uh jeff quick rundown on how we do things and we will still stick with the
0: same format even though we don't have a guest but talk through what we do and then we'll get into this yeah always exciting because uh, as michael cole we don't talk about the current product but you know michael cole reminding us and everybody else this uh, previously at uh, royal rumble we are on the road now like it is time we are there and so uh, a couple shows between now and then but uh, it's gonna come pretty quick here so uh, we are on the road to wrestlemania but the uh, road for our show you know it's same thing every week as all of you know we give you that deep dive into a match every Monday, and we have those three parts. We know you love them. So the build, the payoff, the aftermath. We talk what happened before the match. We talk about the match itself, and then, of course, kind of what happened after the match. So this is a great one, historical for so many reasons, and just kind of what it did for the, like the wrestling industry and all, all that good stuff. So we're going to talk through that. And then, of course, after that, we got a few write-ups, just some notes and things like that. And then, of course, our score can't, you know, got to do that. Of course, Tom and I sitting here. So uh, hopefully a lively debate between the two of us. I know uh, uh, our, our notes are separate more than most weeks. And so this should be exciting to see what we got. So uh, all kinds of good stuff. So um, we'll jump right in uh, until we start playing the match here. But, Tom, uh, why did you want to talk about this match? Dude, it's it's so historic. I mean, it's it's the classic uh,
1: visual of Austin with the blood. Um, it's you know, in a lot of ways, the beginning of the big time Steve Austin babyface push. And then the thing that intrigues me the most about this match is the double turn. I mean, it really hadn't been done that much, or ever, or ever since. I mean, to that level where I mean. Yeah, you know, we'll get more into it, but it's just it's so historic. So I'm excited about it for that reason. What about you?
0: Yeah, I know. I think it's probably one of, if not the most iconic image in wrestling history. But you know, even now we still talk about the the crimson mask and comparing it to you know what we see nowadays. And so um, it's just kind of living in that moment again and talking about that match or this match um, because of that. Like I think you, you kind of have to. And then um, I think you and I, like you said a little bit, the double turn. I think you and I've referenced that before, but um, I. I grew up a big Bret Hart fan. I was always, uh, you know, all about Bret Hart, even, you know, when I was younger, didn't know what the screw job was or any of that stuff. And, you know, we'll touch on that a little bit today, too. But, um, you know, just exciting that it, it's hard, you know, when it you know, recently, you know, you see that the Mount Rushmore of wrestlers. For a lot of us, these two are on Mount Rushmore. So um, kind of exciting to see where this one can go and kind of what happens. So, um, Tom, I'll kick it back to you uh, before the build here. Oh, it's time for the build. All right.
1: It's the build. It's WrestleMania 13, Rosemont Horizon in Rosemont, Illinois, just outside Chicago. 18,000 in attendance, but Jeff, interestingly enough, it's the first WrestleMania not to sell out. Uh so you know kind of an interesting time period in the business if you will. Uh we'll quickly and we'll talk a lot more about this show as we watch the match but I'll quickly talk about, you know, the the card for this thing. Uh not recognized as as one of the best Wrestlemanias of all time, but ironically has, you know, one of the biggest and best Wrestlemania matches of all time. So, um you know, at a time where I'd say the roster was a bit thin, we have uh, the headbangers kicking off the show. Uh, defeating Doug Furness and Phil LaFon, if you remember them, the uh, Godwins, which was of course, hog and pig, and then the new blackjacks in a four-way tag match. Then we had the IC champion, Rocky Maivia defeating the Sultan. So that was still kind of the tail end of Rocky Maivia as the uh, white meat, baby face, uh, big hair, blue trunks. Uh, then Triple H defeating Goldust. Uh, we had Owen Hart and the British Bulldog with the tag champs beating uh, Mankind Invader um, by countout then, of course, the reason we're here, Bret Hart and Steve Austin in the submission match. Between the main event, we had Ahmed Johnson the Legion of Doom defeating the Nation of Domination. I don't know how well you remember that match, Jeff, but it was a pretty good match. They did a street fight, a Chicago street fight. There were some pretty good spots. I remember there being a powerbomb through a table. And remember, you just didn't see a lot of that back then from the WWF. Uh, so I remember just thinking, man, this is a pretty stiff, fun match. And it holds up well. I Recently, I think I watched it last year before uh, WrestleMania. I'm like, that was a pretty good match. And then the main event, Undertaker and Sid. So we'll get into this more when we're watching the match, but just kind of a weird card. And it's like you had some really talented guys there, but the matchups just weren't all that great outside of, of course, our um, reason for being here today. So uh, we'll talk more about that as we go. $800,000 gate, 0.77 buy rate. Uh, like I said, there wasn't a sellout for this show. Uh, a lot more that I want to cover. We'll do it during the match, but Jeff, quickly walk us through from a storyline standpoint how we ended up at
0: Bret Hart versus Steve Austin in a submission match. Yeah, the, the main feud really heading into this mania, it was Undertaker and Psycho Sid, um, the two of them really battling over the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, it was actually a kind of fatal four or final four match um, that the Undertaker became the number one contender, um, and he that is the reason him winning that match is how he got booked uh, to take on Sid during this show. Um, It kind of interesting though, that there was a little bit of back and forth that included Bret Hart and Steve Austin, um, that Sid actually defended his title against Brett. Um, It was a steel cage match and that, you know, that was, it kind of was going into mania as well too, but Austin interfered in that one Um, undertaker actually interfered as well too, because, you know, he wanted to wrestle for the title um, and that, you know, Austin, he had helped Hart because, you know, he wanted to make sure that he had his scheduled match. And so um, it was just a kind of an, a really interesting back and forth here. And so because of this Hart-Sid match, since Sid won, even though there were some shenanigans in it, that the match remained the same. The taker would take on Sid, Austin would take on Hart, and that's how the WrestleMania card would remain. Um, It was really like the King of the Ring 1996 where – that was Steve Austin's big win where him and Hart kind of feuded a little bit Um, that Hart was not wrestling at that time, but he was still taunting Brett. They were definitely setting up some storyline things here, uh, kind of working toward a build for what they could do Um, pretty much to the point where Austin just pestered him enough to get a match from him. And so they decided it was actually, uh, it was survivor series a little bit previous to this, that, um, Austin beat Hart actually. And so it kind of, or excuse me, Hart beat Austin. Flip that around. I'm getting ahead of myself here. So um, at the Survivor Series, Hart beat Austin, but their rivalry kept going. Um, they were actually the final two people then after that in the 1997 Royal Rumble. And so kind of started back in the King of the Ring. We got to Survivor Series. Now we're at the Rumble uh, that time of year. Um, and so it was kind of a weird funky end here. It's one I recommend you kind of go back and watch that, um, Hart eliminated Austin, but his kind of elimination, you know, of shenanigans as always was considered unofficial because the refs didn't see it. They were busy kind of working with some other people. So, um, not like today where, you know, it, it, you kind of have to pay attention to, it. so they didn't see it. So not officially eliminated at that point. So, um, at this point, we kind of got, like I said, to the point where there was a elimination match for the WWF Heavyweight Championship, World Heavyweight Championship, um, which Hart won that. And so kind of weird how this played out, though, because Hart won this title in this elimination night, match. It was literally the next night that Psycho Sid beat Hart and, um, to win the Championship, So just kind of very odd how this all played out. Uh, there was also a spot where Austin uh, Hart had the sharpshooter locked in, but then actually hit Hart with a chair. So, you know, they just kind of kept, and that was what led to Sid then powerbombing Bret Hart to get the win. And so take a steel, steel chair. We all know it's going to slow you down a little bit, and that's exactly what happened. So, and do you know why all this happened? Why? Because Shawn Michaels lost his smile. That's right. So there it is. So it's only... With Shawn Michaels. We got always goes back to Shawn Michaels. We got Shawn Michaels. We'll talk on more Harper. about that during yeah. the match. So, um, so, of course, we get to this point where we'd had some interference over the last really six to 10 months um, where they were bothering each other and kind of pestering each other. Um, and then we get this Hart and Austin booked into the submission match at WrestleMania. Um, and so, kind of playing that, it was a kind of a quick match though where um, they kind of really set the story up a little bit more where they did. Um, it was you know the kind of with um the kind of undertaker playing a part and so uh hart he ended up uh, what it was was a steel cage match Heart, he almost won the match, but it was actually the Undertaker who interfered, interfered this time and got Sid the win. And so, a lot of back and forth, a lot of things happening. I say not hot shotting the belt necessarily, but a lot of uh, you know uns- uh, uncertainty of where the belt was going to go and kind of how it was going to play out. And so, uh, a lot of but we get to this point though where we've got bret hart versus steve austin in this submission match and then the main event was still going to be undertaker sid but that's a conversation for another day and so today though we've got this submission match so tom what are thoughts do you have I got some other thoughts, but
1: we're going to hit the match and uh, get started and we can jump into that. So thanks as always for walking us through what happened there, for giving us the build and uh, we're going to jump into the match here in a minute. Um, And again, no guests necessary this week. It's just Jeff and I, we hope you enjoy it. For those of you that want to watch the match live with us, we're at the one hour and 24 mark of this event and again it's wrestlemania 13 on the wwe network bret hart about to give his glasses away and and steve austin is going to be coming out here so uh for those of you want to watch live when you hear the ding 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 we're at 124 uh with that being said it's time for the payoff
0: oh it's time for the payoff
1: all right, here we are, Bret Hart in the ring. Jeff, this is our first time watching a match together and talking about it. it are you excited?
0: Is. Hey, this is crazy. You think about it. Like you and I, as much as we talk about wrestling, I don't think you and I have ever actually, well, outside of some, a live event, Like you and I have not just kind of sat and watched a match. So we're getting right into it, as you can see. Hot start, everybody standing up, Bretting beating each other up, barely nice and stiff. Yes, and so... And this is one, keep in mind, like Brett was the face here. You got Austin as the heel and kind of him playing that up. And so, but out hot though, with Austin right out of the gate, just these strong, just strong chops, strong hits, everything. So
1: Jeff, have you ever heard the story of how Steve Austin found out in real life that he was wrestling in a submission match at WrestleMania 13? Tell me the story. He, and he's told us a few times on his podcast for various times. He had no idea. He was sitting at home rehabbing his knee. And, you know, I think it was Vince that was on commentary. I was like, "Uh, yeah, and WrestleMania 13 in a submission match. And he's sitting there going, what the hell? I I don't have submission moves. I'm not a submission wrestler. So there was no storyline reason for the submission match other than they just decided that was going to be the match. I mean, Bret Hart wasn't a submission guy. He had the sharpshooter. Austin, I mean, I guess kind of did the million dollar dream at one point but he didn't really have submissions that he ever used in his career before or after this Uh, but I guess it's just turned into a street fight and that's what's interesting about this show is you know these two beat the shit out of each other all over the arena the next match was uh, as Lou Albana's uh, there in the uh, and Tony Atlas yeah I forgot about that and uh, and then Shamrock the referee which I'm sure we'll get to here in a little bit but what's interesting about this is you know you basically had two just street fights in a row um, which was great for the crowd because this match was obviously fantastic and then the the semi or the, the match before the main event the street fight that we were talking about earlier that was really good but then you had undertaker and sid who maybe not the best uh you know contrast of style per se but this was a great match and you know these chicago fans i mean this is steve austin said many times some other guys have too it's the best building to work because of the acoustics and a lot of just really great moments of of happened
0: in this arena including this match well, and you and you touched on it and something we haven't talked about yet, just gonna get rolling with this is we have a special guest referee for this match. And so uh, of course, uh, the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. And so um, it was interesting. it was, you know, he was, that was how he was billed was the most, you know, the the most dangerous man and the world's most dangerous man. But this is one of those where um, he didn't have a ton of like, he didn't really barely have any WWF experience at this point. Like, and a lot of it is he's kind of been interviewed since and has, you know, kind of told the story of like, they, even he felt like this was a turning point for WWF in regards to him bringing that MMA kind of really just, Prowess to WWE and giving it a little bit more than people had seen in the history. Good. So let me know. Let me let me ask you this: Do you think that they used Ken Shamrock well during his run? Well, I think if, if looking at it this, like if they, they had just brought him in for a special referee, like whatever, no big deal. Ken Shamrock, like he did a lot. Like we forget about that. He's one that we can kind of you know on a future episode kind of talk about a little bit more, but he really like I mean just look at him like he's jacked more than Brett and Austin walking around right there. So I fully understand still is. Just, he's yeah. still a big boy. Man. He's still out there doing it. And so it's hard to say, but I mean he right away, like after this match, like he started getting into it with triple H. He started going after the rock and the nation of domination. Like he really did a lot of different things here. And so, um, and then even kind of, he was in the King of the ring in 1998. And so yep. um, it's just all kinds of stuff. And so he was the corporation as well too. Yep. Um, you know, he had the, the heel kind of run as well too. And so, um, but even I had for kind of forgotten when we were looking into this, like he did some time in new Japan. He was at TNA for a little bit. Like you know, and he's still out there and, you know, he's he showed up at most recently at some impact tapings. Well, and you know what's cool, too, is I think that his ankle
1: lock was the first time that anyone ever tapped out. Yep. Because remember, they had never really done like tap out submissions before. So I thought that was a really cool thing and, and a little bit different. I loved his ankle lock. I thought it was great. I just, you know, it's it's tough, right? It's like World's Dangerous Man, but you look at the way like they book Brock now, And they probably had an opportunity to book him like that. I mean, I I think that, again, it's 2020 hindsight. It's all these years later. But, you know, I almost wonder, I mean, because he was just so jacked in in this match and and throughout his run. I'm like, you know, they should have maybe made him like given him a good like six months of just destroying people, but they pretty quickly just turned them into a wrestler, right? And that's one of the mistakes that you see over and over again, is they they try to make everyone into uh, a WWF, WWE wrestler who can wrestle 25-minute matches. It's like Goldberg's run, right? They brought him in for a year, and it sucked. Why? Because they were trying to have him wrestle 25-minute matches with uh, Triple H. Uh, Dude, it's just, that's not everyone's style. And so Shamrock, it's like, man, if they would have just done less as more in had time, destroy people for six months, and either Made him a badass good guy or, or, or a heel or whatever, I think that would have been a lot more interesting than, okay, well, this guy can legitimately destroy anyone. And he was in UFC at a time where they didn't even have weight classes, but
0: oh, he's going to wrestle a 20 minute match against Shawn Michaels. Like, give me a break. Come on. Well, knew they pushed him to the moon immediately, so they obviously had big plans for him. And so, um, as you can see now, we're, we're kind of back in the ring at this point, too, for those of you that are, you know, may or may not be watching along uh, with us right now in the match. I, I will say one of the interesting things in just kind of watching this match is uh, it was something that's standing out to me is the kind of the setup of the arena. Um, I miss the old, um, and New Japan still does it, but the old slat guardrails that, um, you know, literally no protection whatsoever. Like nowadays, you, you know, WWE ring, it's literally surrounded by padding on the into all of it. And so they're able to do a few more moves where they kind of have that. But you see this even like Ring of Honor and, and a lot of shows now, like they still have these hard metal guardrails. Like those aren't works or like worked. Like those are the true metal guardrails that they just had in the arena. And so it kind of standing out to me. I'm, I do kind of miss, like, I get why it is nowadays, but I miss, like, even we got the multicolored ropes we've got that the, there's not everything is in an led screen like it's just a it's just a pure wrestling you know ring Well, this was a fun era too, because it's like
1: the production values were good, right? The action's fast paced, but it was still a little bit, I'd say less polished than it is today. Um, I mean, these guys just work in a good stiff match, man, versus some of the stuff that just, you know, we have to beat the dead horse on this, but just feels so overproduced. This was an interesting show because let me just read some of the talent that's on this show, right? I mean, you have The Rock, you have Triple H, you have Goldust, Owen Hart, British Bulldog, Mankind, Vader. Bret Hart, Steve Austin, Legion of Doom, Undertaker, Sid, Uh, Shawn Michaels, obviously out with an injury. There's a lot of talent, but not necessarily a great WrestleMania, just a great match. I mean, after this, you know, a decent brawl and then kind of a boring, lousy main event. And the Undertaker, it wasn't like there was major build. He'd already held the title, so it wasn't even like it was that interesting or big of a thing for him to be champion uh i don't know just you know you look at the talent on this card and you'd like to rebook it and move some stuff around i know like the the rocks and the triple H's were early on their career but i gotta think there were better ways to arrange this card you know we you talked about the hot shelling the titles let's remember why that happened this whole mat this whole pay-per-view was supposed to be built around the rematch of sean and brett right Mm -hmm. with brett getting his title back and then sean loses title, or I'm sorry, loses his smile, so he he gives up the title without losing to anyone, let alone giving Brett back his win, so then you know you had all that hot shot in the titles. Now, for those of you that don't remember, haven't seen it while, that final four match that Jeff mentioned, uh, that in-your-house match, was a awesome, awesome match. So go back and watch that, stiff as hell. It was probably the last really good match that Vader was part of, so that's kind of a fun thing to go back and watch, but it was a great great main event. Uh just fantastic, but then of course, you know, Brett would lose the title the next night to Sid because of Austin's interference. Um you know, it just it just felt odd. I mean, Sid all of a sudden champion again. Um and then, you know, you had this whole thing with with Austin and I don't know. It was just it, it, again, the build to this really wasn't that great and it was just obviously
0: them scrambling because Sean just blew up all the WrestleMania plans. Yeah, and anymore you you know we hear like God only knows like how often or how far out they're trying to plan WrestleMania things. You can see now Brett's grabbing the bell. I that sequence that we saw just before this, I always find it because Brett. I always remember like growing up, like look out, Fink, he's going for the chairs. Um, that like I remember Brett more than so many other wrestlers, and he just did it with Austin, like working over the body part. Like it was such a big part of who his character was and what he was about. Like he's now spent like five you know, a good six, seven minutes working on Austin's leg. He's, he's, it's you know, the storytelling. It's the storytelling. And he's got his leg wrapped up in the chair right now. Dude, not that, that leg spot right there that he's doing. Like, I don't care who you are. Like remember, I mean, I'm, we've seen it recently. Even
1: there was someone just recently with the neck thing that they were teasing, but uh, and now Austin's moving it and boom, stiff chair shot right in the back of the neck. Uh, he brought in the bell too. Dude. I love the bell because it's just like, there's no way to hit someone with that bell that wouldn't just like hurt or be awkward
0: it's just such a great you do see it anymore and even you see like you know you don't see now and there's just a huge chair shot here I mean as yeah. hard as hard as you possibly can right.
1: but but to your point you know and Bret Hart always prides himself on the fact he never wrestled the same match twice Yep. right and what he means by that is like this match is unlike anything he ever did and you know and that's that's awesome but yeah he tells the story works the body part um, and you, you get lost in it like you're just like oh gosh knee. Me. I mean he can barely move around and I wonder if He's working for the sharpshooter for the submission match, and you know I don't care how long you've been watching this, how old you are. Again, you get lost in the story. Breaking Bad's not real either, but you get caught up in the story of it, and you feel emotions, and that's what's great about this match.
0: Well, and that was, and it was funny because even I, I was fortunate enough that my uh, girlfriend came over the other night and was watching Royal Rumble with me, and she was even asking, and it was she kind of caught the tail end of the women's, uh, the women's Rumble, and she was asked like, why do you watch this? Like what? And I was like, it's the story like the storytelling of it. Like it's the different characters. Like it, I tell her like some of the arcs that, you know, people like triple H have had from like, we call them triple H when we were kind of doing like the build. It was actually, it was Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Like, and those are two very different distinct characters. so that's something that we have to remember. And so like, Oh, oh the kids upset for Brett, like always oh, a good shot right there. But it's one of those where I was telling her, like, this is our really, it's our soap opera. It's our drama. It's what we look for. And, I, you know, I recommend, like, Max Landis, who has a really good video on, like, the history of Triple H and his evolution. Oh, like, look at this submission. This looks right. terrible. I totally <laughs> forgot about this. I mean, it's kind of an okay arm bar, but it just looks so awkward. Not something they taught in the Heart Dungeon, that's for sure. And so, yeah, and a point out, Austin is not bleeding yet. I think that's one thing to point out, that at this point, like, we've been through the match for a little bit here. So, yeah, we're, we're going on over 10 minutes, and so it's not really happening. And so... Um, um, it just kind of interesting, yeah. But watching him kind of locked. But I, I most recently, I think like Seth it, it was doing a good job. Oh, there is Stu Hart. Yes, Stu Hart in attendance. And so um, it, it was interesting, like you know him or Seth was like he would play up the being hurt, and like that was always a big part of his story. But then you you see it online, You hear people talk about it all the time. Like there's just no selling anymore. It's just it's so difficult. I think you see it a lot more in New Japan. For, but, well, for as know. big of a classic as this is, and, I mean, obviously it still holds up.
1: I mean, I'm sitting here on the of my seat and I've seen this match 20 times, but, um, I mean, there haven't been any high spots. There haven't been any tables there haven't, I mean, it's just a good, solid street fight and it just, it hasn't stopped. Right. I mean, it's just been continuous action, but uh, again, I mean, you know, not to, not to bang on the current product, but like, there's not a lot happening in this match per se, but it's great and the fans are into it. Also an interesting observation, there's no screen here. I mean, I guess they probably had the tight they had something above the ring, I would assume, like a hockey, basketball scoreboard, but otherwise there's nowhere to I mean, this is it, man. It's just everyone facing the center of the ring and watching the match, which is kind of cool. It's now a- it's like Go to WrestleMania now and it's like 80% of the people are watching on the damn screen. They're not even watching
0: in the ring. Well, and I think that's one of those like it's just the evolution of it because this is an arena. Like it's a smaller arena. And so like now When we think about like these things, like anything less than like a football stadium, like it's only a matter of time before they end up like in the big house in Ann Arbor or something and trying to get, you know, 100,000 people packed in there again or trying to, you know, continuously trying to break records and all these other things. And so um, just seeing that, you know, it's just very interesting how that plays. I think you brought up a good point too here about like we have not seen a high spot yet. There's been, there's been some action through the crowds. Like they're, you know, they're out kind of outside the ring right now. Like the fans yelling at Austin, just so good. Um, You flipping them off, but um, you know, kind of all those different things. Like we have those spots where you don't need it necessarily. Like it's not a bad thing, but these guys are putting on a clinic inside and outside the ring without that too. Boom. Look out. That was such an odd spot. Like, Oh, Oh,
1: probably stiff too. It was great. Um, man, you know, I, 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 I still wonder, you know, what would have happened if we got Sean and Bret at WrestleMania 13? I would love to have seen it. We've really never got the rematch. You can't count survivor series. Cause that was just a, such a shit show that would happen later in this year with the screw job. So you never really got what I believe should have been a trilogy of matches. Right. I mean, you get Brett, you get Sean and then, you know, I mean, here I'll fantasy book it. Give me the rubber match as a ladder match, right for the world title.
0: We've got the first sign of a ton of blood, and so he is dripping all over the place, as as they call it in the business. He got a gusher, yeah, I believe
1: is what they call it, and so he is. They're saying it happened when he hit the uh, guardrail, right
0: there. He hit the guardrail. I mean, he did hit
1: it with his face, but I mean, obviously. So
0: it's one. So you understand, like there is now like spots of blood on the mat around the ring, and he is dripping. And, and keep in soul. mind, this was during a no blading era. I mean, they did
1: not want blood. Obviously the, the story that's, that's been told many times by, by both guys is look, they just decided we need blood in this match and they did it. And Vince chewed him out after the match. And, you know, at the end of the day, he's probably glad they did it. Cause it was such a classic iconic thing, but dude, I mean, he, he not only bled, but I mean, he really bled. And again, this they just weren't doing blood at this time. I mean, it just wasn't, part of what they were doing.
0: I seeing it like right now as it's happening again, it does. I think like the best comparison I have, it would have been the Randy Orton spot against Brock. Um, when Brock just laid into him with the kind of elbows and you've heard the kind of behind the scenes story where even like Jericho thought um, that he was actually like legitimately giving him the receipts, if you will, um, and hitting him and dropping the elbows and the forearms on him and it legitimately split him open because I remember it was just like, it was disgusting almost like the pool of blood and then him like picking his head up and it just like a solid stream of blood and so it's always weird too because it doesn't like he doesn't look that bad right now it looks like it's just kind of like you know he is bloody but it's not it, for whatever reason they heal in the ring and it's not as bad as it was a minute ago but you can start he just bounced his head off the mat and there's a giant red spot now so it's definitely happening it's definitely you know only getting worse as we keep going here and i again bright going right back to the leg. You know, it's funny. Before we started recording this, we were talking. I
1: totally got my timeline mixed up. I forget how long of a build it was for Austin to finally get the title at WrestleMania 14. I mean, this is obviously I mean, you see how hot he is right now and obviously would be after this match. It's a full year before he comes champion. And then previous to that, I mean, you had, you know, you had the king of the ring, you had some of this stuff. So, I mean, it was about 18 plus months before Steve, I mean, hell, almost two years before Steve Austin became Steve Austin, the world champion, the Texas rattlesnake, the Austin era has begun we don't get that anymore, you know? And, and I, and I hate bagging on the current product, but dude, you don't get a two year build where a guy is red hot. Now it's, oh, the guy's hot. Let's give him the title or he cools off before they can give him the title. I mean, the timing of this was just, I mean, it was just awesome. I mean, so you had this like almost two year build of, you know, Austin being a badass heel, then him kind of getting over the fans, then this match. And then you still had 12 more months. And again, the, the broken neck was still to come before he'd get the world title, but it still wouldn't have been until WrestleMania 14 that the Austin era begun. So that really didn't slow anything down. He really wasn't even out that long. So just kind of fun to think about. You had two years of this prior to him getting the title, which means it meant something on the biggest stage to be crowned champion. We got a,
0: a pretty a bloody ring at this point, Matt.
1: The mat. It was I mean, just, super bloody. Yeah, it's getting really dark. It's so- and Shamrock, just not really a big part of the match. He's just kind of calling it down the middle, huh? No,
0: and he really isn't. And he was a great wrestler. <laughs> He, he, I mean, he like
1: really legitimized
0: it. It was he, great. Definitely compared to the uh, 14 match and Mike Tyson as the referee. Yeah, sometimes yeah.
1: they look so confused. <laughs> now. They're Bad. in the wrong area and stuff. I mean, he's like a great ref. I mean, look he, at him. He, he's, he's just like he's, yep, he's yeah, hands it.
0: on his knees, just waiting for it. Awesome. You know. Flipping the birds. There we go. On the yeah. fans going crazy again for it, which is just really cool. Like Shamrock checking on him a little bit. Um, I mean, if you lost this amount of blood, you'd be fainted and we'd have to take you to the hospital. Oh, a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But these guys, well, and you figure too, like his Austin, he, he said even recently, like he would have like three, four, five beers in the ring, like when they like the you know the Austin era and the Austin three sixteen. Like, yeah, he would get a pretty solid buzz because he was pounding those beers, like I think it's suplex. The um and so kind of dealing with that, and so it's interesting. But I you know, and we'll talk about a little bit more in in the aftermath, like like. He shouldn't have had that. Oh, oh yeah. There, there's the first real shot of the blood just, like, everywhere. And so, yeah, I mean, it, his neck was broke. Like, he shouldn't have ever been... He shouldn't have made it to that WrestleMania 14 match. But, like, sure as hell, there he was. And so... Well, one of the things that some people may not remember, if you're a little bit younger or you just didn't see
1: it, is, you know, and, and Austin's still doing it a little bit, but he was a hell of a worker. I mean, he was a technical worker. He could do a lot of different... Oh, man, here comes a great spot. But you you just... You forget how good of a worker he was. I mean, he just did a superplex and stuff. Obviously, after he broke a neck later in his career, both knees shot, it changed. But, I mean, at this point, he was still doing some great stuff. And that was the first really high spot of the match. So now we got the extension cord. I I still don't understand how he didn't really jack himself up here.
0: Yeah, and it it just kind of how it's for those that are not watching, like, Austin has taken one of the extension cords that was ringside, wrapped it around Hart's neck, who's kind of outside the ropes. Yeah, kind
1: of a weak spot because he didn't really hit him good with the bell, but that's okay. No, and
0: then to get out I'm, of it. I'm nitpicking a little your, your bit here. Nitp- yeah, we can nitpick. It, so we're, we're armchairing it. And so, yeah, and so here goes Brett. Here comes the shot right here. trying to lock in the sharpshooter against us, and he's going to get him flipped over. So what's better, sharpshooter or uh, Scorpion Deathlock? The hey, – I got to go with the sharpshooter. So Me too, all day. Please, please go, the deep red pile or here it like is. pool of blood. And here's the, it's just the absolute iconic shot. Dude, Shamrock Shamrock adds,
1: adds so much to it. I mean, yep. he makes it – Shamrock makes the match better. And there it is. There yep. it is. Yep. First of many here. Uh, but, but Shamrock makes this match better. He could have just as easily screwed it up.
0: Yep. Well, you got to figure like the two, Brett and Austin because Shamrock's not a ref. And so, like, in order, to, like, the referees nowadays, and I'm sure, like, the training, and like, you know, like, everybody knows what it means if the X goes up. You know, they throw on gloves on like a random We're show. We're 2DM smart now. That's the problem, right? Dude. Well, and they throw gloves on, like, you start looking for blood. They're like, oh boy, like, who's like, you know, what's happening and what's going on here? And so Austin can try to push him. Oh man, just so much blood. This is my, it, small, yeah, right big, here, they're they're down on his teeth, dripping from his nose. Yeah, yeah, just crazy. Look at that. Yeah, and I so, mean,
1: imagine this. Okay, but here's here's a great question. Imagine this without blood,
0: right? Is it is it a
1: five star match? Probably not. I mean, like, it just I don't know, it's just hard to imagine it without that. And that's what I think and he like, breaks
0: the sharpshooter, like, sort of the, like the tries most, to most recently, like the Dusty uh Rhodes fight or Dustin Rhodes fight uh with AEW, where same thing, like, had just an absolute crimson match. Like, if you do it once in a while, do you remember the air? And I don't
1: remember what it was, I want to say it was like early 2000s, dude, blade job every main event,
0: yeah. You could spot him. They, they like you know, nowadays uh, like going back and watching that stuff now, they didn't feel like they were gonna have to be hiding it twenty years later where people had high def to see it. Yeah. Austin looks dead right now at this point. I would be legitimately concerned that he's not yep. And blood so that's it. There. There's Shamrock kinda of pulling him off. Yep. Boom. So that's it. So and little that and so of course as we will and talk Austin about. Austin is I mean, passed out, eyes shut, blood all over himself. But passed out, but who did not tap out Austin did not. And so, sure. how
1: many times in wrestling can you say the guy that lost came out looking stronger? Right. That's that's the thing that's fascinating about this match. Aust, Austin lost and he's a mega star because he lost. Yep. And he lost in a submission match. And he
0: still hasn't moved. He's, he's unconscious, st- he's still selling that he is just done for. And like and again, yeah, like Brett like you know the, the turn company like It's just crazy. And so, yeah, I was saying, like, the two of them had to trust each other a lot in the ring with, like, just kind of what they were doing and how, like, the moves were going to go. Because Shamrock doesn't necessarily know what to look for, like a standard referee would. And so I missed all the camera flashes. I do miss that nowadays. You don't get that anymore. All right. Real quick, I want to take a break. Uh, Hacksaw, take us into the aftermath. Oh, it's time for the aftermath.
1: All right, so aftermath. We're still watching the match and we're going to talk about it as we are. Um, and, and look, obviously, we're going to see uh, you know, Brett kind of get this heel turn going. Austin's moving around a little bit because uh, uh, Brett's going after the knee. This is the immediate aftermath to this match. It's obviously uh, you know, the classic double turn and uh, we don't have a lot of double turns in the history of wrestling, but this is I mean, this is just incredible. I, they pulled it off. So this is the first. So there's the this, this shamrock Suplex Shamrock so like tosses him. him. Brett looks I mean, look, all of a sudden Brett's just a chicken shit heel, right? I mean that's how good Brett is. I mean
0: he just all of a sudden some could argue he was a chicken shit heel his entire career, but it's interesting too how easily Shamrock just suplexed him. Like and now Shamrock getting the crowd pumped up. Oh yeah. Okay. Well
1: then that's what that's another thing. that's lost in all this is now you have a new star. Yep. Now you have Ken Shamrock
0: as a star. And so he was signed at this point. So Brett, Brett, I mean, Brett's total heel here. Booed to the high heavens. Like you can't hear it on the show, but he is at, like getting booed out of the arena at this point because he does not want to engage with Shamrock, does not want to fight Shamrock. And so, um, yeah, just being look at him, like he's slopping fans away, heaven. flips a fan off. I mean, he's a heel. And he's a
1: great heel. (laughs) You don't even see that much anymore. I mean, right now, you look at this, you're like, this is the best heel in the
0: business, right there. I I think I saw an F-bomb toward a kid right there, too. And Austin, I mean, obviously, Austin's a made man now, biggest face in the company and still covered in the blood. And there's something to point out that like he's still bleeding pretty heavily actually at this point, like, which is just incredible to see, but here comes a referee getting a stun, not Ken Shamrock, not, not a great sell either. Um, but Austin remembering his knee is still like terrible. So does a great job of selling his knee is still hurt. So the ref, not Shamrock that tried to hurt him. Now you've got uh, Austin giving him the stunner, trying to get out of the ring, just doing a, a great job selling the knee, doing what he should be doing. And so, um, but the fan, now clapping for him, I mean, they're like, all they're yeah. all standing on their feet. Now, yep. now you have the biggest heel and
1: the biggest baby face in your company because of this match, and you launched the career of Ken Shamrock, who you know obviously had a had a good run in the company. It's incredible. It's one of those. Uh, how do we follow this, right? Like, it's like the uh, the uh, Hogan-Rock match where uh, Jericho and Triple H are like, oh, shit, right? Like, we have to follow this. I mean, this was it, right? You know, take her and sit her sitting in the back, like, we're screwed. <laughs> so, all right, storyline standpoint, give us high level, what are some things that happened,
0: and then let's, uh, let's give our payoff scores on this. Yeah, so, of course, as you can see, Austin kind of limping away here, the crowd, uh, we can't hear it, on, but we know, like, chanting his name as well. Too um and kind of walking out of the arena now at their wa- walking up the ramp and to get out of there now. It's still selling the leg, too, which is great. So um, as we said though, this was the double turn. Like Austin, you know, that he was now more of a baby face, and so he had that going for him. And so um he did get some rematches against Brett here. It was actually in your house 14, which was Revenge of Taker. Um, he got a number one spot. Um, there was also some uh it was in your house 15, it was a cold day in hell. It was was a street fight as well too. Um so these guys just had a couple different opportunities where they were kind of trying to fight each other and, and go at each other. Um the big one of course to talk about here and kind of the lead up to all this was it was SummerSlam. It was Austin and Owen Hart. They were facing each other. It was actually Owen Hart's intercontinental title on the line at this point. Um, and there was, of course, the stipulation because this was the time that th- these things were happening where Austin would have to kiss Hart's ass if he lost the match. So, of course, can't forget that. So, um, But this was the fabled botched tombstone or, you know, really just yeah, tombstone pile driver that Austin and you can go back and watch the video that Austin's head was exposed a little bit. He wasn't high enough up high enough up on Owen and got his spine really compressed. I mean, it's one of those brutal things you'll see in wrestling. Yeah. And so um it's really kind of crazy to see because he did break his neck there was also some some paralysis as well too for austin like in the moment um crazy to think that it somehow austin had the ability though to realize that like you know a heart you know both of them like heart pinned austin but it was just crazy how it played out because austin was barely moving you could tell something's immediately wrong um and so it's just one of those where you know it he had to be led to the back with the referees. And so it's one of those, like I say, watch it. I don't encourage you to watch it, but it's one for like the sake of wrestling history. It's one that you do need to, watch. Now it was sad because after this though the injury though, Hart did have or excuse me, Austin did have to relinquish. He had the Intercontinental belt. He had to relinquish that as well as the tag belt, had to rel- relinquish that as well too. So, um, and of course now now we're getting into uh, this time period where uh, we will say the controversial leaving of Brett for uh, WCW. Brett screwed Brett and Brett screwed Brett. And so really at this time Michaels is back, but you're getting into now where Austin and Michaels are really the two top stars, Rocky hadn't really broken out at this point, um, so you don't have that. So it's one of those things where um, you know kind of how that played out. But that led us, as to what we talked about a little bit, and I'm sure in a future episode we'll talk about it more. But the uh, Mike Tyson getting involved with uh, you know allegedly getting involved with Degeneration X, and uh, the, of course leading us up to that WrestleMania 14 match with Austin and Shawn Michaels. And so, um, but we'll save that for a kind of. day. That's, of course, a great story to tell. So, um, Tom, any thoughts on that before we get into the reviews and the scores? So we could spend hours talking about this whole era. I
1: mean, you know, this this 97 Austin, Michaels, Brad. Taker, it's just a. I mean, it's just a really awesome run. Um, and we're just talking about some of the high level stuff. I mean, you start getting into the weeds of some of the stuff they did on Raw. It was really, really good because it was this weird, like work shoot. Brett was really pissed off in real life, and you heard it on the screen. And him and Michaels didn't like each other. It's just a really fun era because you didn't know what was real and what wasn't. And turns out a lot of it was real. So, um, with that, you know, let's get into our payoff score. You want to go first? Or you want.
0: Me too. I'll go first because I'll just say real quick. So The the write ups and reviews. So we're not like the Pro Wrestling Torch gave this one four and three quarter stars. Okay. This one, I think this is one of the few that we've talked to on this one where the Wrestling Observer actually gave it five stars. And
1: and I, and I, God, don't quote me on this. Twitter can call me out if I'm wrong. I believe this was the last WWF Dave Meltzer five star match until CM Punk. John Cena money in the bank in this very building. So that's how much he liked this match and how long it was before anything came close to it. I'll put you on the spot right now which match do you think was better this one
0: or the Punk Cena match probably if I had to pick like Punk Cena actually absolutely so that was yeah. one of my favorite matches of all time so the other thing here and then I'll get into my score as yeah. it said there was and, and they do polls so as they read those old newsletter they do a poll this was actually the best match of the evening at winning it no other match even received a vote and so the you know main event nothing this was not the main event there were still two matches after this one but the are only kind Right write up I wanted it was an incredible brawl from bell to bell with psychology and timing the likes of which you'll only see when the best go against each other this is one we'll remember for a long time five stars um,
1: I'll give him credit for recognizing that immediately. It's easy to look back now like you and I and go, like, oh, a great match. But, I mean, he knew that at the moment, probably wrote that within 24 hours of the match. So
0: I give him credit for that. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, so for, of course, our scores, for those of you who know, Tom and I just throw a score on it, 1 to 10. We tend to take everything. Like We have the ability of hindsight. So we're able to look back and see some of these things. But just kind of how we would score it based on all these things. And- yeah, and
1: it's match. It's crowd. It's storyline. It's build. It's action. Aftermath,
0: history, everything, right? So I said, I would go first on this one. I will give this. Very curious. I'm, I'm going to go high. Uh, I'm going to give it a nine. So, <laughs> and so not too high, because I think that there was still, um, while well, I, get the technical, like there was like, there wasn't a ton of technical work. And like you said, it was not two submission masters showing their craft. Like Austin's not a, a submission wrestler, plain and simple. And so, uh, but that doesn't mean that they didn't tell a story. And I've talked before about how, you know, I'm all for the story. That's what I want to see. I want that. I want the story told in the ring that, you know, they can always court, cut promos and there might be some lead up on raw or SmackDown or whatever it might be. But, um, it's one of the things I respect new Japan for is I think, you know, an hour long match and telling a story over, you know, maybe two, three different times they have to fight. I think that this match told just in the ring, like looking at it and it's microcosm told a great story. So I'm going to go with a nine completely
1: something we do not discuss in advance. Yep. Jeff, I am two at a A nine. nine. I, I am at a nine. It's not a 10. I will. Let me give you the, the con first here. I think this match is slightly overrated. I think that in the folklore of wrestling, it's, Oh, it was incredible. It's a really good brawl. Um, but it's, Not perfect. I'd argue it's not even five stars, but again, I'm giving it a nine. Now, what I love about it, look, obviously the visual, the way it ended, it was booked. It made both men stronger. You got an incredible heel, incredible baby face out of it. It made Austin a made man. So the double turn, super, super tough to pull off or else they would do it every year, every six months. So just incredible. But again, I, I got it at a nine. And again, the only thing I'll say negative is it's not as perfect and great of a match as you may remember,
0: but I love the historical relevance to all of it good stuff. So um, Tom, any other final thoughts on any of it? Though? No, clo- close us out. This, did you enjoy doing this together here? Live? No guest. Look at you and me, man. Just talking wrestling. You hey, like, yeah, it's, I, it's, I think it was like, great. It's like you and I texting each other every other day. Anyways, I know. So, it's I know. Like, so Tom, we talk a lot about wrestling. So uh, of course have to call out like our two, not guests, but uh, two people that we discussed on the show this week. Um, Brett Hart, you can find him on Twitter. He's at Bret Hart. Um, and then of course, stone cold, Steve Austin, and he is at Steve Austin BSR for his broken skull ranch. So that's at Steve Austin BSR. So make sure to kind of check them both out. Um, Austin, of course, tweeting a lot, always active, things like that. So, you know, take the time to do that. So, um, of course, a reminder, we didn't say at the top of the show, but uh, we'll close out with it, of course. So subscribe to the payoff. Give us those five stars. I saw uh, some reviews just the other day that fans were worried we weren't going to come back for the new year. We are back, though. So uh, to who wrote that write up, don't worry, we are back we are doing this glad you enjoy the show yeah Um,
1: sorry sorry that uh the holidays and taking a break are more important than pro wrestling sometimes dude i I can't do this 52 weeks a year i can do it about 48 to 50 we're not as good
0: as wwe so that's yes well Well, we'll, they're they're now cutting the schedule back they are cutting their schedule back? thank god it's about time fewer house shows which is great so so share that so tom i want to take us home here get us out of here for the day yeah as always great match great show hope you
1: enjoyed and thank you for joining us on the payoff.